Welcome to the Dixie Polis Podcast. My name is Lucas. And I'm Travis. We're Southern men de-reconstructing the South. Internet.com. <laughs> oh, AOL's going on. I gotta oh, put man. Got to put the disc in. We are live. Yeah. Try to do the dial-up sound. <laughs> <laughs> Try to do the dial-up sound. Just sounded like a retard. <laughs> Hell, I do that. I ain't not about making a sound. <laughs> yeah, but you, uh, you're definitely living the part when you do. <laughs> oh, no, no lie. I went to a gas station. Um, this has been several years back, but I guarantee you they have not updated their card reader. You would mm. swipe your card and the dial-up sound would play. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, yeah, I know the the gas stations around here, so they all have the, oh, the, oh, the Mario oh. coin sound. So, like, whenever you swipe your card, it's like Mario picked up a coin. Yeah. We're going to go with the Kane James version. F.L. Bubba Copeland. And what a hell of a name, man, Bubba. Bubba. I mean, there's a lot of Bubbas. That's true. I bet somebody's like, hell, that's my cousin. No, it ain't your cousin. So, okay, uh, on the Daily Mail, uh, the, the headline reads, Alabama Mayor and Baptist Pastor F.O. Oh, that's his name, F.L. Bubba Copeland. Okay, never mind. Yeah. I, I had to look it up because I thought that head. wasn't. Oof. He evacuated his cranial cortex. Yeah. I, I just, it, it kills me when I hear things like that because... I, on on one hand, man, like God's cleaning his church out. Yeah. And so I'm not, you know, on, on that on that front, like I I I I'm I'm thankful for it actually, you know, because it's it's things like that are are going away, uh, and and the the other pastor who's having problems with pornography is going to stop now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it, it's getting it's getting pulled up. But, you know, God's cleaning house, man, and it's going to happen. What's done in secret will come to light. I mean, that's, I can't imagine, like, I mean, I, that's crazy. Like, what, what would drive you to do that, you know? Well, um, he, he got too wrapped up in you know, pornography and had to keep ramping it up, you know? And yeah, but like, <laughs> I mean, at some point, like you get pulled up in some things, you know, you, you just lose, lose sight of yourself. I mean, I mean that's it's crazy though. I'm just saying like, it, it ain't, it ain't but a few clicks to get from, you know, something crazy to something deep, you know, just, outrageous 
something degenerate to something absolutely abhorrent. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. From from one abomination to the worst abomination. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I mean that's that's how like when I when I see people start defending. Uh, oh, I don't I don't think they ought to ban it. It's like the first thing that goes to my mind is. I'm wondering if this guy is defending it himself. Yeah. If I hear a guy goes atheist, my first thought is he's probably in sexual sin. Right. Nine you know, times out of ten, that's 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 uh, right on the money, at least from my experience. You know. Yeah. Um, and it it's so prevalent. I guess we can keep some of this other stuff in there. Um. It's so prevalent that when you get up to the level of like a Richard Dawkins, man, I watched so many interviews with Richard Dawkins because I was trying to find out like, what is this guy's real, real beef? And when everything was said and done, his real beef was uh, he was mad because God's against homosexuality. Is Richard and, Dawkins a fag? Well, uh, well, he's an atheist, though, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, like, uh, in one sense, yes. <laughs> in another sense, that has yet to be revealed. Um, but uh, it, it's, it's, it's everywhere. Like, it, 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 this is this is why I think. Um, I think it's why atheism is so prevalent because everybody's involved in it. Yeah. And it's not like, it's not like it's new. Uh, this stuff's been around since, you know, it, pornography is a thing has been around since the twenties in the United States. Um, whatever the, the, the censorship programs have been involved to, to, to slow it down. Uh, it's been a thing. And before it was pornography, it was, Call Girls, which really got kicked off, and uh, it really got sanctioned by the U.S. government during World War II, because um, they they had to make a deal with the mafia to get stuff shipped out of New York Harbor, and the mafia was the one who owned the the pornography, uh, and and uh, they basically ran the show when it came to prostitution in the united states until uh, well, another tribe took it over shortly thereafter but well and uh well th those tribes could very well closely be relate related but um <laughs> the, that's a that's but, a topic for another podcast yeah um well one of the one of the interesting things is during world war ii and uh it was even more prevalent in the vietnam war was the uh i think it was the uso one one of those mm. organizations that goes over and like entertains the troops or whatever, they would yeah. just bring a bunch of whores over, right? And, and you know, have them ha have the guys take out their 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 primal rage on these women. And I'm like, the U.S. government was okay with this. Yeah, um, and not not just not just turned a blind eye, but actively promoted it. Yeah. Oh, whatever yeah. it takes to win the war, you know. Pretty much, yeah. Um, Full Metal Jacket isn't that far off from from being nonfiction, so um, yeah. we can we can it was see a, that with 
it was a distilled truth. Yeah. We'll put it that way. Well, I mean, um, you could even see it like in, in a lot lesser sense, you know, in the, I don't know if we want to call it human trafficking, but I, I would dang sure consider it a form of human trafficking whenever um, our servicemen and women went over, you know, our, our heroes on the front line, they would come home with, with, uh, with war brides, you know, they would have Filipino wives or Vietnamese wives, uh, French wives, you know, whatever. Um, that they would come home with a girl and I'm like, okay, why, why, why are you marrying overseas? You know? Yeah, that was a, that was a big thing. Uh, I've, I've known a few guys who had those war brides, um, and their, their brides were, as far as I could tell, you know, they adopted Christianity. They, they were good women as far as I could tell. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm not, I'm not saying anything derogatory towards the women, but I, I do view it as a lesser form of human trafficking. I mean, you're, you're essentially buying a wife, which yeah, you know, I, I get what you're saying. Depending um, on how trad you want to get, that's that's either based or cringe. American women are whores. I'm going to buy a Russian. Yeah, uh, I, I think there's a you know this this may sound cringy you take it however you want but you know as far as i'm concerned as long as the the women are fully aware of what's going on and their families yeah. know what's going on uh you know frankly that's between them and their you know whoever they're marrying <laughs> yeah. like oh no well i mean i tend to agree but you know my point still stands that it that it is it, in in many cases you know, it is a form of, of human trafficking. I mean, not nowhere yeah. near as egregious as, as the ones we, you know, legitimately consider human trafficking. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's not like they're well, buying and selling women. You know, even in the worst case scenario on some of that, like the Bible does allow uh yeah taking taking brides like that. Yeah. Um so it's it's not as if God sees it as exceptionally egregious. You know, I, I just think there's a um, there's a couple of things to consider, shall we say, <laughs> uh, on that end. Right. Um, and well, that, that, yeah. it's interesting you bring that up. That's one of the arguments that atheists tend to make about um, against Christianity is the whole war bride thing. And we're like, well, that was a mercy upon that woman because her all the men in her family are dead. The men of her tribe are dead. Dead or so subjugated, God, yeah. Yeah. So now, oh, she gets a she gets a place of honor. She's a she's a wife of a Hebrew now. You know the conquerors. So, right. Well, in you know, it's it as as usual. These things are multifaceted. There's not like, uh, it it's not so simple as to say based or cringe on either, <laughs> on either side. Yeah. Um, there's always you know. Uh, I, I think the Spanish went a little too far. They needed to calm down a little bit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know, it, uh, I'm going to be completely honest. Uh, them taking over South America was the judgment of God for the South Americans sacrificing humans. Yeah. So, um, and I, I'll bring this up uh, for everybody who starts reading about our our documentation of those people during that time period. 
Um, but what conquering civilization comes into a, a, a an area, conquers the local people, and then puts significant amounts of time, manpower, and resources into preserving the history and mythology of that people, which is exactly what the Spanish did. Um, and, and we all get hot and bothered, and everybody says that the, the Spanish accounts of um, the the Incans and the Mayans is, is so unreliable, but, you know, I think it's highly reliable because why are they, why are they capturing the life and, and mythology of these people to begin with? What's actually been proven wrong about what the Spanish has said? That's, that's my question. Oh, they overestimated how many people they they killed. Oh, you're gonna, you're, you're gonna, you're gonna, nitpick over them killing 5,000 versus 25,000 people? Like, that's what you're upset about? <laughs> you know? Uh, I don't care if it was three. Uh, uh, this was something that I, I, I picked up on not too long ago. Um, so they went and found the uh, burial plots for the children that were sacrificed by the Canaanites. And they killed one child a quarter. This is what God found so egregious that he told the, the people of Israel to genocide them over. And no, like put that out a quarter. You mean four children a year? Four children a year. That's yeah. how many kids they killed a year. Four. Like that's what God decided they needed to get genocided over. And you're you're nitpicking over a couple thousand people. In one day. And here we like, are killing four every minute in America. That's right. And, yeah. Um, yeah. And we're and, like, oh, well, well, our people are getting genocided out. Well, may, maybe, maybe we deserve it. You know, not, well, not we, but we as collectively as, as, a, as an the American West. People. Yeah. The West. I mean, cause even, even the, the European countries, they, uh, dude, you know how you know the reason why there's such a low population of Downs kids over in in Sweden? Because they kill them all. Because they kill them all straight up. They they actively hunt. Whenever you have a kid, they look to see if that kid has Downs. By the way, those tests are unreliable. They're not a hundred percent accurate. They're more like fifty fifty percent, basically meaning they're unreliable entirely. So. You're you're gonna on a based on an unreliable test, you're gonna kill a kid straight out and out just to make sure that nobody in your state, nobody in your country has Down syndrome. So you'll murder a human child for it. And that and that's what that's what the whole West is dealing with because they're not the only country doing that. Um, I, I'm aware, and one of the reasons why my state has had such a um a harsh response towards uh, 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 abortion has been. Uh, there were accounts in Mississippi, uh, Mississippi State, where there were kids being starved to death post birth because their mama didn't want them, and they would just let the die, let the kid die of hunger, and that that mobilized all kinds of people in my state to get rid of it. And I, I'm not sure our, our state's really gotten over it. 
Um, but I mean, I, I don't want, whether we hear about it or not, I don't want anything like that happen anyway. So I'm glad it got choked out of our state. Uh, we don't have any more abortion clinics in the state, which um, I couldn't be happier about it. Um, it, it the last one interesting... in Jackson closed. Um, I think it, oh, it's, I was just saying the last one was in Jackson. It closed, I think, two years ago. Um, so we don't have them anymore. Uh, last I heard, Alabama had like three or something like that. I know there's still a Planned Parenthood over in Mobile. I'm not for positive whether or not they perform uh, baby killings or not. Uh, mm. I, I know we have fairly strict laws about it now, uh, but whether or not we were actually enforcing them laws is another story because as Kay oh, obviously said, yeah, as Kay obviously says, well, we can't really enforce this law. And why the f are you making a law if you can't right. enforce it? Well, it's like uh, Jackson is as bad as it is because they don't enforce the murder and rape laws. If they'd enforce the law up there, it wouldn't be as bad. But they they basically let uh, certain groups of people do whatever they want to do. Well, that's because those murder and rape laws are discriminatory, man. It only affects yeah. one certain people. Right, right. Well, in in our our law against um, state of Mississippi had a law against uh, uh, certain classes of felons um, voting, and um, the the ones that the, the 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 top ones in the list are rape, murder, child molestation, <laughs> like grand larceny. So it's the one it's like you deserve the, to be executed for. Yeah, it's like these are the guys you want voting. And of course, it's racist. You know, if a murderer can't vote, that's racist for sure. Yeah, um, well, you've got to let the scholars vote. <laughs> the scholars and the and the uh, the joggers. <clears throat> um, well, this this podcast was supposed to be about proverbs. Um, let me see if I can rope that in there. <laughs> Uh, well, well, I mean, okay, so we we started talking about the degeneracy of the West. I mean, and then before we started recording, we were talking about uh, God weeding out the church, right? Because that's right. Yep. Um, there was that pastor from Alabama, that mayor pastor, that done went and unalived himself uh, because he got caught in extremely egregious sin. Let's see. I uh, don't. I don't want to. Um, misquote his charges here but let's see he was a tra he he dressed up as a transgender curvy girl and uploaded explicit photos to prawn sites um there's also that he there's also um um i've heard stories that he wrote exotic uh stories i guess you could say and, and, and when uh, when you hear exotic, just read extremely degenerate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, he uh, so eighteen nine. I see. Was it eighteen nineteen? Let me pull it up. I don't have a Jamie here. Yeah, it was eighteen nineteen. News was the one that originally broke the story. Uh, the headline is uh, the secret life of Smith Station Mayor and Baptist Pastor F.L. Bubba Copeland. I don't trust any pastor with the name Copeland anymore. Just throwing <laughs> that out there. 
Kenneth, but, uh, Kenneth kind of did us in there. Yeah. He, uh, but anyways, yeah, he says is it was a hobby he did to relieve stress. That's a weird ass hobby. I ain't even going to lie. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, my hobby's like freaking shooting guns and stuff like that. <laughs> That's how I relieve stress. I have a couple nerd hobbies, but they certainly ain't anything like this. Yeah. <laughs> I like putting models together. Uh, very, well, apparently very... he was a model together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the <laughs> kind of roped us back in. Um, you know, well, this is... the, the, if you look at the dude, he is a short, fat, bald guy. And yeah. then, he's, then he's posted like, what are you doing, dude? <laughs> you know, I, I generally, uh, I, I, we were talking about this before. I generally um, would be hesitant to post any kind of picture to myself on the Internet. Um, you know, I'd. I, even my wife and I are very selective about photos we put of our kids online. Uh, we make sure the privacy settings are just right so that, you know, strangers can't <laughs> be creeping on our kids. Um, I certainly wouldn't post something, you know, crazy on the <laughs> online. Uh, you know, me dressed in a funny outfit. I wouldn't post that online, you know, <laughs> much less uh, something incredibly sinful and egregious that I'm in. Yeah, uh, this 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 goes well beyond um mere degeneracy and it's it's into the levels of just stupidity of, of why you would do that to begin with. Um and and again, I mean we were talking about proverbs. I mean proverbs is <laughs> about wisdom. Um you know, definitely not uh, exposing your sin to the world is, is definitely not the way to go about it. You know, how you should handle that is, you know, if you're struggling with sin, you go to your pastor or your elder um, and you confess your sin and repent of it and put yourself under uh, the the you know, supervision of your of your church leadership so that you can be held accountable to repentance on something. Um, definitely don't post pictures of it online. That's not only sinful, it's stupid. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I mean, because now, now this, this, you know, this impastor, his family is having to not only deal with the backlash of them finding out that he freaking had an alternate life as a tranny, but now he offed himself. And so that's just adding double on the family. You know, they right. will never be looked looked at the same with it within their own community. And, you know, the 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 questions that are going to come up and there's ways in which men hide things from their wives. But the question is always going to be asked, how much did his wife know? How much was she uh, complicit in? And, you know, unfortunately, even if she had nothing to do with it, uh, she's going to be held as complicit. Um, and she's going to be condemned along with him. Uh, imagine, I mean, this is the same thing we talk about women who you know, have their, uh, 
only uh, only fans accounts uh their children are gonna you know they're already getting mocked at school um because of the the disgrace their mothers are bringing on themselves and it's again it's profound stupidity that you would do that to begin with but um I, I guess we're we're switching to sexual degeneracy right now as we've been talking for like 20, 30 minutes about this. Um, well, I mean, that, that's that's what a lot of Proverbs has been about. I mean, yeah, that's right. It, it, talking about don't follow the woman, you know, follow, follow, follow wisdom. Um, yeah. Well, let me. Um, Let me pull something up real quick. And I, and I like just just to put this out there. You know, I, I love certain. Uh, I, I love various translations of of the Bible. I'll, I'll start with that. Um, but the ones that do headers um, are kind of amusing to me sometimes. So the one that's talking about the the harlot and the adulteress, the header is the pitfalls of immorality. <laughs> very uh, very PG name <laughs> for what it's talking about. Um, uh, this is the NASB ninety five, by the way. Um, that What's that has that. Chapter 5, um, and it says, My son, give attention to my wisdom, incline your ear to my understanding, that you may observe discretion, and your lips may reserve knowledge. For the lips of an adulteress drip honey, smoother than oil is her speech. But in the end she is bitter as wormwood, sharp as a two-edged sword. Her feet go down to death. Her steps take hold of Sheol. She does not ponder the path of life. Her ways are unstable. She does not know it. Now then, my sons, listen to me and do not depart from the words of my mouth. You know, one of the other big, just taking a pause real quick, one of the other big uh, parts of Proverbs is honoring your father and mother. And in almost each case where it, it's talking about honoring your father and mother, it's about taking their wisdom and wearing it like jewelry, taking their instruction and taking their uh, counsel and, and wearing it as adornments for yourself so that you won't be a fool. And so I think part of the reason why we've gone down into the, the depths of, of, of hell that we've, we're already in, frankly, the reason why we're here is because we failed to listen to our fathers and I don't mean just the last generation. I mean the last 2,000 years of church history. We failed to listen to them and what they've had to say. But I'll digress on that one. Um, it says, my son, listen to me and do not depart from the words of my mouth. Keep your way far from her. Like, don't even go near her. Do not go near the door of her house or you will give your vigor to others. And your years to the cruel one. Just ask if this sounds like the West to you. And strangers will be filled with your strength. And your hard-earned goods will go to the house of an alien. 
and you groan at your final end when your flesh and your body are consumed and you say how I have hated instruction and my heart spurned reproof. I have not listened to the voice of my teachers nor inclined my ear to my instructors. I was, om I was almost in utter ruin in the midst of the, of the assembly and congregation. And so the advice is drink water from your own cistern and fresh water from your own well. Should your springs be dispersed abroad, should your, your springs be, be dispersed abroad, streams of water in the streets, let them be yours alone and not for strangers with you. Let your fountain be blessed and rejoice in the wife of your youth. As a loving hind and a graceful doe, let her breast satisfy you at all times. Be exhilarated always with her love. For why should you, my son, be exhilarated with an adulteress and embrace the bosom of a foreigner? For the ways of a man are before the eyes of the Lord, and he watches all his paths. His own iniquity, iniquities will capture the wicked, and he will be held with the cords of his own sin. He will die for lack of instruction, and in the greatness of his folly will he go astray. And it, this isn't just indicative of the West. It's indicative of this, this pastor's poor family who's been wrapped up in his sin that he's, he's probably led the charge on. Um, whether they were complicit or not, they're going to have to deal with the ramifications of his sin. And this is what yeah, this is what's happened. Yeah, I, I wanted to bring this up earlier, but I don't know how the flip you hide that from your wife. You know, that's what I'm saying, man. Like, I, I don't know. I, there, there are some pretty crafty dudes out there, you know, and they they here, they get up to all thing. kinds of things without their wives knowing. I mean, my wife's pretty oblivious to a lot of stuff, but she would notice if I started wearing high heels. <laughs> you know? I, I mean, maybe she's taking the kids to the park and, you know, he's doing things then. I don't know. Uh, I just, I, well, okay, so, you know, a little bit of an aside here. I don't understand <laughs> men that have time enough to have an affair. <laughs> I, ain't even, I, ain't even, I ain't even got time to do crap I need to do around my own house. Yeah, there's a proverb about that, too. Yeah, like, <laughs> holy smokes. Like, I mean, you're just creating time out of, like, somebody's going to get suspicious, you know? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. And they usually get caught out. They usually get found out. And they they get the the ramifications of their sin, usually. And it ends in divorce and family split. and. Um, same thing happens with the women. I mean, uh, I mean, I've heard of, I've heard of examples of men or women who've been in an affair for years and nobody found out about it. Um, but it's one of those situations, <clears throat> excuse me. It's one of those situations where they worked opposite shifts. They never saw one another. Uh, like before anything ever happened, they had beds in separate rooms. Like, I, which I don't understand why you would even go to that point, but yeah, beds are expensive. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I don't think I would. Uh, I don't think I would long allow my, my wife to sleep in another room like that. I don't think that would happen. Uh, I'm I'm gonna oppress my wife. I have no apologies for it. I mean, I don't know. Some nights I kind of wish I had my own bed, but uh, <laughs> anyway, anyways, I digress. That's for a completely different reason. 
<laughs> back, back on topic. Yeah. Uh, Sorry. We can cut uh, okay, that part so, out too if you want. Uh, no, 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 no. Leave, leave it in here. Um. All right. So, so I, I like the uh, the part right here where it says in verse seven, "Hear me, O now, ye children, do not part from the words of my mouth." Uh, less strangers, verse 10, less strangers be filled with thy wealth and thy mm-hmm. labors be in the house of strangers. Um, mm-hmm. I think your yours uses aliens and uh, foreigners, yeah. I think. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, it ain't talking about grays either. Little green men. No. Um, <laughs> well, where is America's wealth right now? Oh, well, dadgum, if we didn't just give how many billion to Ukraine? And, I mean, and Israel. I was about to bring up Israel. You know, we're giving how many? And we get we give billions a year to Israel, anyways. Okay. Yeah. And now, now we're, we're just going to give them more. Yeah. To mm-hmm. to fight someone that ain't even bothering me. Well, right. I, I'll even go this far because this this part of the conversation always gets left out. And I'm just, I, I apologize for any dispensationalists. In the in the in the listening group. Oh, they quit uh, listening several episodes ago. <laughs> if any of you are remaining, um, I I think that uh, dispensationalists ought to repent for forgetting their Palestinian brothers and sisters in Christ, who are being bombed right now by Israel, uh, because they won't move out of their homes. And the the churches that have been bombed by the state of Israel, uh, which. Residents of Israel, by the way, Jews are protesting. It's not because you know every person over there is evil. Um, but we need to pray for our brothers and sisters in Palestine who are being bombed right now, and we need to pray that they're able to maintain their land and that they're they're able to 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 live where they where they've been living for hundreds of years. That's that's sorry, I had to insert that in there. Go ahead. Before the Jews even took that land over, that's um, right. But w- when we when we look at America's sexual degeneracy, we we are literally like men are giving their strength away to these nefarious people that are putting these. You know, porn is free, but it's not free because anything that's with free just means that you are yeah you are the product. I mean, think right. about it. The, these sites host thousands of terabytes of videos. Oh, and that's oh, all yeah. for free? Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm sure someone is. I'm sure sure they're just doing that out of the kindness of their heart. No, you're literally giving your, you're, you're, you're emasculating yourself, yep. giving your strength away so that you can be a more tame subject for these higher powers. Well, and um, and I mean, I know we talked about this, but you know the the pornography is rampant in the church. You know, the there there are all kinds of men who otherwise would lead, who have, you know, in a lot of ways they have a lot of sense, they have a lot of wisdom, and they're they're crippled by the fact that they're they're stuck on pornography. They're slave to it, and they know that if they they do anything, it's going to come out, just like this case of this pastor, and their whole family is going to be destroyed. And so they just roll over because they're already complicit in the sin. This has been going on 
the the twenties were one of the big explosions of pornography in the U.S. Um, and it was uh, promoted by a lot of your you know large corporate groups where they would you know when they would all go on a business trip they would hire call girls for all the guys on the business trips um it's something you never hear about but it's something that happened um open secret now uh but that was tolerated back in the 20s and then as as time progressed what was tolerated became normal the 60s didn't just pop up out of nowhere that's what everybody wants to act like didn't happen you know the 60s popped up the the reason why the 60s happened with the sexual revolution all that stuff was already happening behind the scenes it just wasn't in the public view and and the the solution this this i know i know there were some guys in our telegram channel who got upset about this but the 1950s were not the golden age for the united states certainly went the golden age for the south it was just that a lot of the evils that were happening were hidden from public view and the solution is not to go back to the time when it's hidden the solution is that we have a, 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 a we have a people that are resilient against these sins and no longer tolerate them in their home and if they're no longer tolerated in the home then they won't be tolerated in public in a generation or two so I'm, I'm looking for a passage right quick because you bring up a great point. Several years back, I was talking with somebody, and uh, he brought this passage up. And uh, it lays out a list of sins. I, I don't remember if it's in Leviticus or in Deuteronomy. But, you know, it, it's more of, a, more of a general equity principle here rather than a hard and fast rule. Um Give me a few seconds. It's been That's fine. We'll, since I... we'll cut out the the downtime. Okay. Um, you might know where I'm talking about. It's it's a list of sexual sins. Ah, oh, here we go. Uh, I'll, I'll read this while you're doing that. Okay. Uh, is this this is from chapter six. Uh, you know the the another. It's a small treatise on on ethics. Here he says, "My son, observe the commandment of your father and do not forsake the teaching of your mother." Bind them continually on your heart and tie them around their neck. This whole part about honoring your father and mother. just want to emphasize that. All right. When you walk about, they will guide you. When you sleep, they will watch over you. When you awake, they will talk to you. For the commandment is a lamp, and the teaching is light, and the reproofs for discipline are, are the way of life. To keep you from the evil woman, from the smooth tongue of the adulteress. Do not desire her beauty in your heart, nor let her capture you with her eyelids. For the on for on account of a harlot, one is reduced to a loaf of bread, and an adulteress hunts for the precious life. Here, here's the passage everybody remembers. Can a man take fire in his bosom and his clothes not be burned? Or can a man walk on hot coals and his feet not be scorched? So is the one who goes in to his neighbor's wife. Whoever touches her will not go unpunished. Men do not despise a thief if he steals to satisfy himself when he is hungry. But when he is found, he must repay sevenfold. He must give all the substance of his house. The one who commits adultery with a woman is lacking sense. He who would destroy himself does it. 
Wounds and disgrace he will find, and his reproach will not be blotted out. For jealousy enrages a man, and he will not spare in the day of vengeance. He will not accept any ransom, nor will he be satisfied, though you give him many gifts. <laughs> when you involve yourself in affairs or you involve yourself with the adulterous woman, that's what that's what that's what uh, is coming your way. Uh, so, so I think I found it. Uh, and, and it ties perfectly in whenever you're talking about lying with your neighbor's wife. Uh, this is in Leviticus 18. I'm going to skip over that first section. Uh, it's talking about incestuous uh, relations. And then it goes, you shall not approach unto a woman who has uncovered her nakedness as long as she is put apart from her uncleanness. Moreover, thou shalt not lie carnally with your neighbor's wife to defile thyself with her. Thou shalt not let any of the seed pass through the fires of Molech, neither shalt thou profane the name of thy God. I am the Lord. Thou shalt not lie with mankind as with womankind. It is an abomination. Thou shalt neither thou shalt lie with any beast to defile thyself therewith. Neither shall any woman before, stand before a beast to lie there down unto it is confusion. Uh, so it, it's kind of while while the the actual principle of that is these are laws given to the the Israelite tribes, it it seems like an order of progression, you know. Yeah. And, and mm -hmm. we can kind of see the same thing within even America, because uh, end of the 1800s, uh, beginning of the 20th century, uh, there, there was more incestuous stuff that we would then we would like to admit i know several families where while there was no um fruit from any of these abominable uh relations uh, i know several uh several families that were affected by the father messing with the kids okay mm. just gonna leave it at that and um uh, that that happened you know well actually that didn't happen all that long ago that was back in the probably fifties and sixties. But at the same time, you know, it goes Got further back. That feller. Oh, I a hundred percent agree. I anyways, I'm I'm not gonna get into that right now. Um but Sorry. but you know I'll, that was more common than most people like to admit in the in the early twentieth century. Okay. And, and even before that. But then if we move on into like, you know, the nineteen fifties, nineteen sixties we start seeing, you know, more and more adulterous affairs come to pass, you know, and like in verse mm -hmm. 20, moreover, thou shalt not lie carnally with thy neighbor's wife to defile her, defile her to defile thyself with her. Um, well, I mean, most people don't talk about it, but a lot of people do. I mean, just listen to freaking country songs back in the 50s, 60s and 70s. It's all about cheating. Oh uh, yeah, nothing but a bunch of cheating. So that freaking Conway Twitty, good night. I like his music. Okay, I'm gonna put that disclaimer out there. But <laughs> for anybody that flipping says music today is raunchier, which it is. I ain't gonna lie, you know, especially all them quote unquote female rappers. That's absolute filth that they're putting out their mouth. But Conway Twitty, he was a pervert. I'm oh, yeah. sorry, but freaking lying there would lend on my mind. Uh, do we not know what this nigga's talking about here? <laughs> He's talking about laying beside his wife, thinking about his neighbor's wife. 
All right. right. And then in the 60s and 70s. All right. Or well, actually in the 60s, Roe v. Wade happens. All right. We're letting our children pass through the fires of Molech. That's verse 20. Right yep. after freaking adultery starts happening. Okay. Oh, and look, look what happened in verse 22. Freaking homosexuals. All right. That started ramping up in the 70s. Oh, but homosexuals have always been with us. Not to the extent that they are now. You know? Well, it wasn't accepted. And, and this is, you know, I, I'll uh, I'll bring up the passage. I'm sure everybody knows where I'm exactly where I'm going to go. Um, you know, so. Uh, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth and unrighteousness. Because that which is known about God is evident within them. Right? For even they, even though they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks. But they became fruit, futile in their speculations, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the incorruptible God for an image in the form of corruptible man. And of birds and four-footed animals and crawling creatures. Therefore, God gave them over to the lust of their hearts to impurity, so that their bodies will be dishonored among them. For they exchanged the, the truth of God for a lie, and worship and serve the creature rather than the Creator, who is blessed forever. For this reason, God gave them over to degrading passions. For their women exchanged the natural function for that which is uh, uh, unnatural. And in the same way, also, the men abandoned the natural function of the woman and burned in their desire towards one another, men committing, men with men committing indecent acts and receiving in their own persons the due penalty of their error. And just as they did not see fit to acknowledge God any longer, God gave them over to a depraved mind to do those things which are not proper, being filled with unrighteousness, wickedness, greed, evil, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, malice. They are gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, arrogant, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, emphasizing that one there, without understanding, untrustworthy, unloving, unmerciful, and although they know the ordinance of God, that those who practice such things are worthy of death. Here's the kicker. They, do, they not only do the same, but give hearty approval to those who practice them. So... It's just, this is a result of judgment of the West, who once proclaimed God as king and have now given up God as king. And God has turned us over to these depraved passions. And I, I really don't and see don't how you get anywhere else. And, and to be clear, I don't, I don't think we actually fully understand what this means. This is the judgment. Them being yeah. turned over to these depraved passions is the judgment. Uh, That's right. In, in one of our in the Telegram chat, you know, one guy was you know wondering why God's wrath isn't being poured out upon these people. It is. Transgenderism yeah. well, literally is God's wrath being poured out. Well, and uh, and, and bringing it back to oh, Go no, ahead. just with. with if, if you understand, and, and this is the thing, like uh, there was a, there was a fellow in our, our chat who 
you know, says, well, if, if God's so against them, why are, why are they winning? And, you know, I, I say this with, with, I think an appropriate amount of, uh, frustration and anger and, um, it, I, I don't mean to sound like cringy, like medieval or, or big Eva, but there is a, a, there's a huge amount of grief in my heart for these children. They get roped into this degeneracy. Uh, they were taught that by their parents. But look at their lives. Their lives are destroyed. And a lot of these kids who have been mutilated, like they're, they're not going to think kindly towards the people who allowed that to happen. And uh, the, they're being suppressed right now. There's only a matter of time before these things are no longer able to be suppressed. Uh, there's there's post after post after post after post on Reddit. On, uh, I mean, Reddit should be a shock to everybody. Um, but but on 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 Reddit, on uh, DeviantArt, on a lot of these smaller websites that have, for the most part, been accepting of these things. And people are talking about the 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 agony that they're dealing with, you know, internal and and physical, of the ramifications of this. I mean, we're talking adults who they were told they could go through some hormone therapy and get a surgery and they'll be fine. And they they paid their their fifty seventy thousand dollars for their surgery. Oh, they paid it. And now not only are they seventy thousand dollars in debt. But they're waking up with night terrors. They're they're waking up in shame. They're in pain all the time. I and mean, it just just reading it like it it's heart wrenching what they're going through. Doctors will screw up and not even like try to fix it. Yeah, Man, oh, I know. I, I say screw up. I mean. You know, when well, you hack your willy off, you're you're kind of screwed up, anyways. Yeah, but, and 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 there's a degree of uh, and and I can get called whatever I want to get, whatever anybody wants to call me for this. But there's a there's a level of gentleness I want to have with this this topic of conversation, because a lot of these people are in in were, were sold a lie. They really believed the lie. And I'm not excusing their sin, and I'm not saying that. Um, you know, there, there, there was an egregious sin that was happening before they went and got all the things done, but they were sold a bill of goods. And when, the, when the time came down for delivery, they didn't get what they bought. And this is the thing that you can't get a refund on, if you know what I mean. But isn't and, that just like the, 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 the greatest example? of sin how sin sells us this bill of goods and it never fulfills the promise but this is like ten thousand fold though but you know, it's pitiable like, man oh, like it, it, everybody oh, wonders yeah. why the unalive rate for these these people is so high but when you read these 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 posts man i mean they're like they're it, it hurts my heart reading them yeah it really does it i i, I can't read them because I, well, I, I, it what people do to themselves to 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 accept their sin and to justify their sin, it's it's I, disgusting, I've, but it's also heart wrenching. I kind of view it in the same way of like a a crippling drug 
addict. Um, you know, yeah. they they get hooked on heroin or crystal meth, and uh, and now now they're just in like a deep place of despair. But on one hand, like you did that to yourself, but at the same time, like that sucks. I mean, I, I sympathize with you, but well, the adults I have, have less sympathy for, but like you know, um, uh, what's his name? Son, the, the big, uh, the, the big quote unquote conservative trainee that's out there right now. Oh, uh, Blair. Uh, no, 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 no. He was a candidate for, for Congress. Oh, you're talking about, uh, Bruce Jenner. Okay. Bruce Jenner, Bruce Jenner's kid. Bruce Jenner had his kid get a surgery. And that Which that one? kid's on uh, his his youngest boy, and that that boy was supposed to be going through this beauty pageant or whatever, and the dude's just breaking down because he's like, he's talking about it, he's being very real about it, and he's crying because he's he's hurting so badly. I mean, physically and emotionally, he's hurting that badly, and and Bruce Jenner did that to his boy. And now that boy's got to live with it for the rest of his life. Like I, I don't, I don't fault that kid for being lied to and taken, and taking the lie and accepting the lie. I blame his father for pushing it on him. I blame his father yeah. for letting anybody get near his kid. That's that's who I blame, and so that's that's why I'm. There's an element of 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 pity that I've got because a lot of these people who are getting messed up are kids, man. And I, I don't, I, I don't know why there isn't more anger out there about it. I mean, there's some, but it, this, if, if anything deserved riots, this is one of them. What they're doing to kids. Sorry, um, I'll leave it alone now. Well, I mean, it, it kind of okay, bring, you know, reeling it back in. There was something I wanted to hit uh, in the in the uh, last part of Leviticus 18 is. Uh, defile not yourselves with any of these things for if these that for in all these the nations are defiled which I cast out before you the land is defiled therefore I do not visit the iniquity therefore upon it and the land itself vomiteth out her inhabitants ye shall therefore keep my statutes my commandments and shall not commit any of these abominations neither any of your own nation nor any stranger that sojourneth among you for all these abominations have the men of the land hath done, which were before you in the land is defiled. The land that the land spew not you out when you defile it, as you spewed out the other nations that were before you. All right, so we, we I, th I think it is a good Christian virtue to have sympathy for these kids. However, on the other hand, we have to recognize that cutting off these familial lines in this type of way is the land spewing them out no i, I agree i agree uh, i just it, i figured you would but i wanted to make that clarification like yes yes it is pitiable that that that, that sin has so affected these kids but it is god's righteous judgment that these kids are going through this does that make sense and, yeah, and and I I think the the proper response again. I mean, I, I said it earlier, but they need to repent of their sins. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, I mean, the kids too, because the kids are not sinless. 
right. they need to repent of their sins and turn to Christ. That's the solution to this. Um, and I, I uh, this just has this has been another thing where I've lost some hesitation with calling people out on their sins publicly, like in, in my personal life. Uh, and when I when I see people doing certain things or saying some certain things that you know could could mean they're at least accepting of some you know sexual degeneracy i'm very quick to say you need to repent and believe and you need to turn away from that um and uh i mean this is something i expect other people who are my friends and my my brothers and sisters in christ to do the same to me um and i tell them that because it it's not that you should not go into the house of the harlot. It's that don't even go near her door. Don't go down the street. Don't tempt yourself because you're you're it, when you get into the moment, you're not going to want to resist sin, let's say. Mm. Right. And so, you know, God doesn't tell you to to sit there and resist the temptation to sin. He tells you to run away from this sin. Don't even go near it. Because you going near it will cause you to fall. Um, and and I, I mentioned this in a, in one of our our groups. Uh, this guy thought he could marry a pagan woman and be all right. And my first question was, if if Solomon, with all the wisdom that God gave him, could not resist building altars to the to the gods of his wives. What makes you think that you will? So don't marry a pagan either. Yeah, because Solomon was a king. You're not. Well, he was a king, but he was also the wisest man on earth. <laughs> See, God I, I granted still, him with wisdom. I still take reservation with that. I mean, maybe he was wise and just not smart. I don't know. But it, the scriptures say that he was given wisdom specifically, like he was granted special insight by God. And and it's his I, books of wisdom that are in the scriptures. I, I agree with that, but to say he was the wisest man on earth, I mean, he had like nine hundred and something wives. He did. That ain't but so that did, ain't Riley really smart. David had a lot of wives too, and God that gave That is them. true. I mean, we see what happened with David's lineage, Joe. I mean, his kingdom dang near split whenever he tried to give uh, Solomon a successorship. Mm -hmm. So, but anyways, yeah. anyways. So, okay, when you say when you say repent and believe, okay, yeah, kind of put all this in a nice tidy box with a bow on top. What specifically do you mean when you say repent and believe? Like, let's flesh okay. this out real quick. So and... there's 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 really two different things I mean because I say this to believers and unbelievers. Um, repent uh, really means the same for either one. Uh, the, repenting is not just hey I'm sorry for my sin. Um, and and what I teach my children is uh, repentance is an acknowledgement of your sin and doing the opposite. So are, if you're struggling with 
Uh, again, this is why I said what I said earlier. You know, if you're struggling with lust for other women, bring that back to your marriage bed, right? You're doing the opposite. Instead of being unfaithful, you're being faithful. Instead of, uh, you know, instead of drinking from foreign well, let's use the, the analogy of, of, of Proverbs, you're drinking from your own well, drinking from your own cistern. Right. So you're turning away from that which is evil and you're doing the opposite of that evil, which is good. So that's repentance. And then belief, you know, this is uh, I, I this is where really the difference comes in. Uh, belief for a pagan. What I mean for a pagan is, uh, you know, I, I would point them to the, the confession. It says that you believe in Christ. Right. That he is the son of God that he came and died for your sins and you need to, you need to repent of your sins and believe that he is the son of God and that he is God and repent of your idol worship, turn away from your gods. That's what I mean for a pagan. For a believer, I would say this is more like um, when uh, I think it was John who was held in prison and he said to Christ, Lord, I believe, but help me my unbelief. There are times when a believer is not honoring God. We all ex ex we all sin, even though we're saved, even though we're redeemed. And so when you sin, you're acting as if God does not exist. That scripture who says, uh, the fool has sent his heart, there is no God. I wasn't talking about atheists because atheism as we understand it today, didn't exist at the time that passage was built, uh, at the, the time that passage was written. That passage is talking about you're acting as if God does not exist. So you're going and sinning, acting as if God's not going to judge you for the sin that you're doing. And so how, how I'm – the phrasing that I'm using is that is an example of unbelief, and you need to turn away from that unbelief and back to belief. Act as if you know, because you do, that God is judging what you're doing and that you need to do things that will honor him. That's what I mean by that. Okay. I thought so. I just wanted to, you know. Yeah. So, so, because, I mean, when you say <clears throat> repent and believe, it's, it really does sound ambiguous. Like It's, it, it's kind of it like going to a Pentecostal church and, and, and people talking about um, talking about grace, and grace always sounds like this this syrupy stuff that you just put over everything when grace is so much more than that. But, um, okay. Yeah. Anyways. And, and, and I, and I do that. Like my wife does that to me when I'm, when I'm acting in a way that's ungodly, you know, she'll tell me repent, and believe I tell her to repent, and believe. Um, we, we're, we're both pretty, uh, uh, aware that we're both believers in Christ and, you know, we we're Christian. And we live a Christian life, but it's a way of calling people to repentance, really, is what it is. Mm. Um, and then uh, the reason why I think the the ambiguity of the passage, uh, uh, the ambiguity of the phrase is helpful. Um, there are people who struggle with, with surety in their faith. And... My answer to the person who, you know, they say, well, what if I'm not saved? I tell them, repent and believe. And then when they say, but if I am saved, I tell them, repent and believe. <laughs> you 
my my answer to you doesn't really change. Yeah. Um, it just how you should interpret and follow through on that repentance and belief is going to change slightly depending on whether you're a believer or not. But you know, in either case, you need to do all that you do to honor God, regardless of whether you're a pagan or not. Um, and so the the the, the two greatest commandments God uh, Christ calls out. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. That's the standard of action. And regardless of whether you're a believer or unbeliever, that's what I'm going to tell you to do. And so repent and believe is just – it's it's a little slogany, I, I grant. Um, but it's – slogany things are helpful sometimes. It's a good slogan. <clears throat> right. And so this is um, – I, I use repent and believe – uh, as a as a slogan for telling people to stop sinning is really what I, what mm -hmm. it is um and i and i, I um, you know my my dad calls uh, there's a certain kind of prayer called an old god prayer um it's one of those where you're so distraught you don't know what to pray so you just pray oh god oh god oh god oh god mhm mm um it's something like that um uh, there there was a, a period of my life where i was i was very distraught about everything i mean it was a really bad time uh and i i would try to read scripture it wouldn't i couldn't get my mind into it i couldn't get my heart into it uh and so for a period of a year or so um i would i would just say to myself god is good regardless of what happened um, if a bad thing happened, say God is good. Good thing happened, God is good. And that that phrase was out of Romans eight. You know, all things work together for the good of those who are the called according to his, according to His uh, uh, foreknowledge, predestination, and so. It was a reminder to myself that God, whatever he brings to me, has been brought to me for my, my benefit. And so in the depths of my trials that I was going through, I was reminding myself of God's goodness. And now when I say it, I say it not out of... Uh, not knowing how to say anything else. I'm saying it as a reminder that my heart needs to be in a state of thanksgiving and of fear before the Lord at all times and acknowledge that his providence is key over everything. It, it takes precedent over everything. So if I have a bad day or if I have a bad week or if I have the last few months have been terrible for me, I remind myself constantly that God is good, and it's it's a it's a force of habit now. And it, it's not as though it's it's not meaningless. It's certainly meaningful, but sometimes I'll say it before my mind's even caught up to it. Um, but then my mind will meditate on how God is good, right? It's it's a it's a constant reminder to my own heart and my mind that God is good. I think things like these are helpful. Right, that's why I'm, I'm talking about it. I, I think they're helpful to people. They're helpful to me. 
Yeah, because I think a lot of times, you know, I, I know there for a, for a while I was I was extremely fixated upon God's judgment. But, you know, and, and a lot of people, they, they would look at his judgment and think that, oh, that's not good. But no, that is good. His Absolutely. judgment is good. Even yeah. if you are the source that, that he is pouring his judgment out on, that is good because that's either you getting what you deserve well, I mean, regardless, it's you getting what you deserve. Right, but right. It, it could be, you know, for the Christian, it could be the point that that it takes to purify you, you know? Right. Like, mm-hmm. a, like a lot of people, a lot of people think that that the point of being a Christian is is to live a good life so you can go to heaven when it is so much more than that. You know? Yeah. The, the, the entire like if it was just about you going to heaven. Then, then what should happen is you go down, repent and believe, you know, and, and then the pastor just walks up behind you, pours some water on you, shoots you in the back of the head, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. Because then you just automatically go to heaven. No, it's about this entire process because those that he called, he justifies. Those that he justifies, he purifies. Yeah, I simplified the, the golden chain a little bit, but, but my point stands, I mean, it's just this continual process of you working out what you actually are. Like most people don't grasp with grasp the fact that when you are regenerate, whenever God bestows faith upon you, you become something absolutely new. You are yeah. a new creature. You are ontologically different. Yeah. Like your righteousness does not stem from you. It's an alien righteousness. You, you are cloaked in Christ, and now you have Christ's righteousness. You are righteous because God has said you are righteous. Well, and, and people give me weird looks for this, but – yeah, exactly. People give me weird looks for this, but I, I say this a lot. Uh, Christianity is not about a list of rules. Christ said that the, uh, uh, the law was a schoolmaster. I say Christ, he's speaking through the scriptures, but it was Paul who who actually wrote it. But Christ was speaking through him. God was speaking through him. The law was a schoolmaster meant to point you to God, right? And so what what does Romans 8 and the golden chain say? For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. So the goal, again, like you're saying, is not I'm just going to go to heaven. It's that you're going to become something. You're going to no longer be what you were. You're now going to be something different. This is a change in your state of being, in your mode of being. You're no longer no longer going to be one who's full of sin and full of anger and angst. And you're no longer going to image Satan and sin. You're now going to image Christ. That's the goal. Is to be like Christ. Not not to not to just follow some rules. And I'm not downplaying. I'm not suggesting we go into antinomianism. The, 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 the key here is that we are becoming something. And so the law was telling you how to become something. Don't do this. Don't do that. Don't do this. Don't do that. But if your heart is in the state of uh, of being that it ought to be, 
you will live in such a way so that you don't do those things. And I, again, I'm in another, another error that you run into. I'm not suggesting that we're going to be sinless in this life. I don't believe that. But that's the goal. That's the, that's the trajectory that we're going to be on, is oh. that we no longer have the desire for those sins. How, how does Lewis put it? He puts it uh, that every day we're just practicing. Yeah. Uh, is that, mm -hmm. is that, yeah. Uh, and, and, and getting back to the rules, I mean, the rules are like buffers, right? So we yeah. have the Ten Commandments. Um, if you're a Christian, you know, any, for any length of time, you should know that, you know, you shouldn't break the Ten Commandments. Right. Right. But it's not that you shouldn't break the Ten Commandments because it's a set of rules. No, you shouldn't break the Ten Commandments because if you're trying to imitate Christ, Christ held those laws perfectly. Mm -hmm. So if we use these laws as as like, OK, when you go when you go bowling as a child, they put the bumpers up. OK, mm -hmm. that's what the law is for, is to keep you in the bumpers, to that's steer right. you in the right direction. But uh, one one more, and then and then we can either get to closing statements or just cut it off here. But uh, I want to I want to bring this in. So in in Psalm one nineteen, uh, verses forty one through forty eight, there's a part of this that so this whole this whole section forty one through forty eight it's called it's called vav. And it's a meditation on the law of God and what it means to David, because it's David writing this psalm. And so he he goes through the whole thing, and then the, and then the last part. I'm going to read 47, 48, uh, or or should I read the whole thing? I don't know. Um, it's only a couple verses. I'll, I'll read the whole thing. So he says, "May your loving kindnesses, so more than one." Also come to me, O Lord. And there's a comma, your salvation according to your word. So the, the loving kindnesses, so more than one, are God's salvation according to God's word. So I will have an answer for him who reproaches me, for I trust in your word. So I'm going to have an answer for the scoffer. And do not take the word of truth utterly out of my mouth, for I wait for your ordinances. So I will keep your law continually forever and ever, and I will walk at liberty, for I seek your precepts. I will also speak of your testimonies before kings and not be ashamed. So he goes into the throne room of kings, and he's not even he's not even concerned about it. I shall delight in your commandments, which I love, and I shall lift up your commandments. I lift up my hands to your commandments, which I love. And I will meditate on your statutes. So that, that last word, statutes. So each one of these, commandment, ordinances, law, word, like each of these are various. I think there's nine different words for, for God's law that's used in, in Psalm 119. And this is the first portion of this psalm that has all of those words in there. There's eight. I'm sorry. There's eight of them. This is the first portion of, of Psalm 119 that has all eight of them. But on this last one, and I will meditate on your statutes. Statutes here is a word that comes from um, uh, it's something like cartography. And so the statutes here are not uh, a, a list of rules. 
it's kind of like the barrier fence that God put up for somebody. And so when he says meditate, this whole idea is it's a it's an almost playful um and there's some language in here that's kind of playful like I shall delight in your commandments. There's a there's a sense of um like marital delight that's being put in there. The word infers that. But this meditate is like uh I'm going to I'm going to play around with the boundaries and I'm going to investigate them. Not not with the mind of breaking them, but with the mind of understanding them. Right? So this is a uh, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna dance around and find out the the limitations that you've put for me, so that I can honor them, right? And so this whole this whole section here, uh, you know, in, in the English, I don't think it does it very very much justice, because there's the 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 way that David's using language in here, especially in that second half, uh, 45 through 48, it's very playful language, it's not severe at all. And he's talking about the the limitations that God gives us. Some of those are didactic commands. Some of those are uh, fatherly wisdom. Uh, some of those are uh, legal edicts. Some of those are contracts, like a covenantal contract. That's what some of those words mean. And and David's using playful language about it. And so it's it's a love for the boundaries that God set up for you. And so this isn't a, uh, uh, I'm going to check off the list of commandments that I obeyed today, and I'm going to keep a list of the evils that I did today. It's a, God has set these boundaries up for me because he loves me. And by following them, in a very real sense, I'm being more human. I am, because being a human is being like like Christ. And so by being shaped through the power of the Spirit to love God's law and obey it without keeping a list of things, by putting yourself into a mindset and a place, a state of being to follow those laws, you're becoming more like Christ. That's the goal. And so while I, I would echo this, uh, love God's law, but not because it's a harsh you know, he says, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. He's he's not looking for a chance to beat you over the head with the law of God. He's looking he, – he's actively seeking for a chance to to come into communion with you, and, to, and, and Christ is going to be your brother. Now, pe people really don't let this sink in very much, but Christ is your brother. He's your older brother. God the Father is your father. It's not just terminology that he throws out there because it's funny. Like he really he wants to be in that uh, that familial relationship with you. And so rejoice, be happy, know that God is good, repent and believe. You know, I can pull out a bunch of pithy statements, but I mean, really, that's that's where our heart ought to be. I'm done. Sorry. <laughs> I think that's a good end. Okay. That worked. All right. 
hour 20. <laughs>